battlefield for Jesus. Come and join us in the fight. We're marching against Satan and we're standing for what's right. We won't desert nor surrender. We are soldiers till we die. We're on the battlefield for Jesus. Victory is our battle cry. We're on the battlefield for Jesus. Come and join our happy throng. We're blood-washed, born-again believers, and we sing a joyful song. King Jesus is our mighty captain, and it's him we shall obey. We're on the battlefield for Jesus, winning souls for Christ today. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. We're on the battlefield for Jesus. Come and join us in the fight. Though the enemy be all around us, we shall not be put to flight. By faith we know we have the victory, and no matter what the cost, we will fight to rescue hopeless sinners. Not a soul must ever be lost. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to Amen, OPBC Online, a ministry of Old Pass Baptist Church in Northfield, Minnesota, and coming to you live from the concrete compound, the OPBC studios here in uh, Arts Unknown. And we are talking today about a number of crazy things that are going on in our world today, but actually really what we're going to focus on is the scriptures. And I'm going to teach you some things that I believe that you need to know from the Bible uh, hence the title, Apostles of Antichrist, uh, Discerning the Devil's Disciples. And uh, we're going to get to that in a little bit. Uh, we'll talk about that and be able to discern some of those things through the scriptures, how to spot those those transformed for treachery, those that are transformed as the ministers of righteousness. And uh, these are real people. Now, their goals and their, their lives and what they do uh, are deceptive, uh, and, but they are real people. And the Apostle Paul is warning us about real people that will come with the power of Satan to deceive. 
and to harm the people of God and to hurt the work of the Lord. And uh, I've, I've had these people in our church. I've dealt with those, those people, a number of them. And uh, I, I've dealt with many, 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 many of them in my ministry. And they have attacked, they have come to attack, and they have come to deceive, and they have come to hurt the people of God. And uh, they're very real. And they, they're very good at what they do. And what people don't realize, the reason why they're so good at what they do is because they're ministers of Satan. And they, they have a satanic power to do what they do. And that's important to understand. That they have a satanic power to do that. And if, if you don't get that, then you, you won't figure out. By the way, when you're going through those things, you'll never get it. You won't see it until later. It's an example of that is Judas was right with the the apostles and they didn't even know it. And he was working his mojo and doing all of his garbage by the power of Satan being indwelt by Satan. And he didn't even know it. Those around didn't even have a clue. So, and some of you might think, "I look, I'm not going off into Spookyville. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you Bible. I'm going to show you exactly what these people are like. Some of them, also false teachers. It's not just people that creep in like that, but false teachers in general. How to really identify what they're doing, and whether they're really for the Lord or not." Some are so absolutely deceptive, you'll never be able to figure that out right away. It's just very, very telling. Okay, well, let's see who's on here. Carl Winters is on here. It's Friday night for Carl. And it's 2.13 uh, p.m. Central Time on Friday. But for Carl, it is 9.13. His day is uh, over. And it's nighttime, and for him and, uh, let's see, for uh, Ross Duncan, it's 8.13 p.m. And what a better what a better way to spend Friday night than watching OPBC online, huh? There's no better way to spend a Friday night than that, right? So, Ross Duncan's in Friday. I don't know what time it is where Leno Paul is because nobody knows. Nobody even knows if Leno Paul's a real name. Like if Leno's like Jay Leno, like if he just said, I got this idea. Okay, so I'm going to take Paul from the Bible and I'm going to take Jay Leno. I'm going to take Jay Leno's last name and I'm going to add it with Paul to the Bible and I'm going to make everybody think my name is Leno Paul. Like that's my real name. Because honestly, I have a hard time believing anybody's name is really Leno Paul. All right? That's how that works. And let's see. So 7? How about So 8? Why Why is it 7? Sue, or Sue 7. Why not Sue 8? What? 
All right, I'm not going to get too technical here. Teresa, Daryl's wife. Or alias 49638. And Michelle 6815. That was her probably her phone number when she was like 12 or something. So she's got Michelle 685. Probably the last digits of her phone number because old people like us can't remember our phone. Can't remember any passwords. Got to use them. Okay. Betty. Let's see here. Lisa, Carl, Leno, Joey Mack. Right? Joey Mack. You know, let's see here. I hope Joe's doing well here. I haven't, I haven't seen him for a while. I don't know what he's been up to. see hopefully he's doing good All right so so oh sue sue the set i'm not suing the seven spirits god what are you talking about i'm here watching from comp while working I think that means computer. I can't chat. Southern India. Okay. All right. Leno is 100% a computer geek. Oh, no. He got stuck with the O's at the end of everything. That's Brandon and, and Carlos geeking out and Leno Paul geeking out on my chat. That's what's happening there. Anyway, okay. All right, so I hope you all have had a good week so far. We're about at the end of the week here. Uh, And uh, Joe the Observer, that's right. He's He's always lurking about. Joe is he's always he's always running around. Do you know that? Have you ever heard the song? Have you ever heard that song about uh, about Joe about Joe's dog?
And while we're on it, we might as well talk about his favorite meal, too. I sure am ready for a home-cooked meal. What are we having, Mr. O'Connor? Dad said you always serve the same thing. Oh, you're right, Patrick, me boy. We'll be having my specialty. There's a vegetable that we all hold dear. We eat it every day of every year. With a texture fair and an odor rare. A taste so delicate beyond compare. People like them hot. People like them cold. Some even like them when they're six weeks old. Cook them in a pot. Serve them in a bowl. Bake them in the oven in a casserole. Casserole. Sliced in slivers and they're fried in oil. In this world below, it is good to know there's nothing better than an Irish potato. Potato chip goes with onion dip. It's yummy with a burger or a chicken strip. Throw away the rice, feed it to the mice. Give me mashed potatoes, oh, they're really nice. Try a tater tot when it's nice and hot. Dip it in some ketchup or whatever you've got. Everybody buys crispy curly fries. If you're really hungry, make it super size. Super Eat them when you're young, eat them when you're grown. Eat them in a crowd or eat them all alone. In this world below, it is good to know there's nothing better than an Irish potato. Irish potato. Irish potato. There is nothing better than an Irish potato. There is nothing better than an Irish potato. There is nothing better than an Irish potato, 
All right. That's my tribute to Joe in Ireland. That's that's my wonderful tribute. And I next time it'll have to be a Scottish one. I just think Scottish people yell and Irish people seem to be kind of like calm, calmer, some of them. But like Scottish people just remind me of gruff guys that yell at everybody. They kind of just growl when they talk. Anyway, all right. Well, we better get going here. Uh, We are going to talk about these false prophets, these deceitful workers. And it's important that God's people understand to discern between that which is right and that which is almost right, as Spurgeon called it. And because that's the most that's that's the most dangerous place. Now I want you to turn your Bibles to Second Corinthians chapter eleven. Because in Second Corinthians chapter eleven, we're gonna look at what the scriptures say tonight about these false prophets, these deceitful workers, and exactly how they work. And just their design and their destruction. We're going to go through the chapter here and we're going to, we're going to walk through the chapter of the apostle Paul really teaching us, you know, exactly what the danger is. That's there. Oh, Jason O'Brien said, Scots are angry all the time. That's what he told me. Just, I'm just, I'm just going by what he said, all right? Don't, don't hold it against me. I didn't make it up. I didn't do it. It wasn't me. All right, let's go. Paul says, would to God you could bear with me a little in my folly and indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Now, here is one of Paul's fears. He has a fear. And one of his fears, but I fear, lest by any means... As the serpent beguiled at Eve, beguiled Eve through his subtlety. Now let's look at this because we're going to walk through these verses. He's starting out this chapter and he's dealing with Satan's subversion, Satan's subtlety. Because he's going to later cover these false prophets. Right? He's going to later cover these false prophets, but we can't forget about what's right in front of us here, what he says. All of these false prophets, they have the power of Satan to do what they do. That's the number one thing that you have to understand, that if you don't get it, you could be taken by it. That doesn't mean we walk around in suspicion of everyone and all, at all times. 
But it does mean that we we look at the scriptures. We see what they say. And we discern by the power of the Holy Spirit through the scriptures to understand these things. But I fear lest by any means, as the serpent, who is Satan, as the serpent beguiled Eve, It means deluded. That word beguiled, it means deluded, imposed on, misled by craft. Eluded by strategium. So it was strategic. It was a plan. Plotted. Planned. It was a plot and it was a plan to deceive. Beguiled. Eve was misled by craft. Through what? Through his subtlety. That means slyness in design, through his cunning, through his artifice. Cunning, crafty design. I just started Zell 89 two minutes ago. Through his subtlety, through his through his strategium, through his slyness, and through his design. It's not open. Satan doesn't come with horns on. His false prophets don't come worshiping the devil and licking the blood of of children. They don't come like that. They come very deceitful, very very deceiving by arts and designs and craft. That's how Satan works. Through his subtlety. Through his subtlety, he corrupts the minds. Look what it says here. Through subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Subtlety, craftiness, notice the words, 
strategium, subtlety, craftiness, This is Satan's most dangerous weapon. It is his most dangerous appearance. When he comes as the angel of light, which we're going to talk about. It is literally his most dangerous form. It is the one that he will deceive the whole world with. The end times are marked with lies. They are marked with deception. They are marked with false brethren crept in unawares. Subtlety, corruption, beguiled, strategium. That the mind is corrupted from simplicity. I know I preached a sermon years ago about it because I, I, I dealt with it on a partial level, seduced from simplicity. You get caught up in things and, and you're driven and you get caught up. And before you realize it, you're like, whoa, wait a minute, what's going on here? And Satan will have people to deceive you very close to you. That's what they do. That's how he operates. So so he deceives. Now look what he does here. I want you to notice this. From the simplicity that is in Christ. The simplest of things. That's what he does. That's how he seduces. But notice this, because this is that Antichrist spirit who Satan is the father of. He is the father of the system, and he will be a father of the final man, Antichrist, which I don't know how anybody could get around. If Jesus is a literal man, the God-man, Christ Jesus, and he is Christ, then there is literally going to be an embodiment, a satanic embodiment of Antichrist, of the Antichrist, a man that comes as Jesus. Yes, I believe it's the secession of the popes. Yes, I believe it's part of that beast system. But I'm telling you there's going to be a final man that is going to deceive. And I I you're going to if we're alive, we're going to see it. I believe. Notice what he says in verse 4. 
For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, he's not going to come and preach atheism. He's not going to come and preach that there is no God. He's going to come and preach another Jesus. If you do public evangelism at all, if you are a man and you are part of public evangelism at all, you know full well that people out there believe in a false Jesus. They do not believe in the one of the scriptures, the one who is the sinless and perfect son of the living God. God manifests in the flesh. They do not believe in him, but they do believe in a Jesus. It is called another Jesus. They do not believe in what the scriptures call this same Jesus, as is talked about in Acts 111. How about that, huh? You want to see that? What do you think about that? Acts 111. How about that? You think that's an accident? <laughs> that was good, wasn't it? <laughs> Acts 1-1-1, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. This same Jesus. They, they don't believe in this same Jesus. They believe in another Christ, another Jesus. And they're forming him in their minds and hearts in the chambers of their imagery now. And it ain't going to be that old fart in the Vatican. I think he'll he'll control the Vatican, yeah. But it ain't going to be Francis. It's not going to be him. He's a transitionary figure. That's what he is. But you have here, you have that spirit that's going to come and they're going to be deceptive. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit which ye have not, for if you receive another spirit which ye have not received, or another gospel which ye have not accepted, 
you might well bear with him. Paul's being sarcastic. Oh, you might well bear with him. Come preaching another Jesus, another Holy Spirit, another gospel. All of those things are accurate things. All of those things are things that are there now. They're they're what's being fought now. They're they're the things that we war against daily as we warn people and others. When we're preaching out there, we're preaching the Christ of the Bible. Just like Jesus, when he came to the Pharisees and he preached God to them and he preached the Holy Scriptures, the Old Testament to them, and they looked at him like he was insane and they said, we're going to kill you. Like what, I think it was uh, either Vadi, no, it was, um, it wasn't Vadi, I forgot the guy's name, who it was. But he said, you know what the problem is today? Nobody wants to kill preachers. Pastors preach and nobody wants to kill them. Why? Because they're preaching watered-down messages. Watered-down versions. You know what? Watered-down gospels and another Jesus and another gospel and another spirit doesn't help you walk with God, doesn't strengthen your faith, doesn't build you up in your most holy faith. But it might just powder your butt straight into hell. And that's what the devil wants. That's how he works. You know, the Apostle Paul, by the way, here's another tactic. Let me tell you another tactic. And I just picked this up. The Lord just kind of brought it to my attention here. It's right here in the scriptures, plain as day. But I didn't put it together with that false antichrist spirit of uh, the false brethren and and, and things. I, I didn't put it all together right away. Excuse me. But the Lord showed me that. Paul says, for I suppose I was not a whit behind the very chiefest apostles, but though, but though I be rude in speech, yet not in knowledge. I, I know how he feels about that. Though I be rude in speech, yet not in knowledge. But we have been truly made manifest among you in all things. Have I committed an offense in abasing myself that you might be exalted because I have preached to you the gospel of God freely? Now, here's what Paul's getting at. I robbed other churches, taking wages of them to do you service. And when I was present with you and wanted, I was chargeable to no man for that which was lacking to me, the brethren which came from Macedonia. Supplied, and in all things I have kept myself from being burdensome unto you, so, and so will I keep myself." There is a this spirit out there right now that's like, oh, well, pastors need to go work like full-time jobs and they don't need to pastor the flock like that. They need to go out and they need to go do this and and uh and uh you know they they don't need to to get money and they don't need to be taken care of and they don't need to do these things and oh well and they say because Paul was a tent maker. 
You know why Paul made tents in some of the places he went? Because some of those churches didn't take care of him. But you know what else he did? You want to know one of the other reasons why he did it? Because there were men that were going around as false apostles. And they they were men of, of, of wealth. So they didn't need money to take care of them. And they would preach false messages and false doctrine, and they would be false apostles. And they would make it, they would, they were trying to make it look like Paul was after people's money. Well, years ago, I had a little devil in this church that went out and did little false, uh, wanted to give money and wanted to give this stuff and wanted to do all those other things. Right? And would would jump at giving somebody else's money away. It was his mother-in-law's money. He would jump at giving his mother-in-law's money away to if, if the church had a need or something like that. And uh and they would he would do that. They and then uh and then later on when I found out just how much of an antichrist little devil he was. And then he left and then he then he left the church. Well, actually he was disciplined out, kicked that bum straight out. I mean, I mean straight out. I mean football kick out. Straight out. Praise the Lord. And I'm still here doing what God called me to do. <laughs> Years later. Praise the Lord. Anyway, that devil's out, I don't know, somewhere floating around somewhere. I don't know. Anyway. Not here, thank God. So anyway, um, made a video and talked about how much money they gave and all this other stuff and, 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 and all that other stuff well, and how everything was about money. And then, boy, I'll tell you what, a ton of people, not in the church, nobody in the church believed it. They all thought he was full of beans. Well, full of a lot of devils too. But anyway, they didn't believe him for a minute. It, because, I mean, it was in right in front of their eyes. They saw everything. Well, anyway, uh, so tried to kill the online ministry and did successfully hurt it for a long time. Um, but God built it up better than it ever was uh, and uh, all that good stuff. But anyway, so uh, I and the and he used that thing of money and said, oh, well, it was all about money. And I did this and I did that and I did this and I did that and and all these other things. And I'm just like. Uh, okay. I thought you did all that for the Lord. Oh, no, you did that to be seen of men? But guess what? He used money. And he used that to try to make accusations against the ministry and against me in order to hurt the ministry to make it look like that. When that guy didn't have a job almost the whole time he was here in the first place, he was living off of his mother. He was just basically living off of his mother-in-law's uh, lawsuits. That's all. I mean, his mother-in-law would sue people. They'd get money and they'd live off. That's something.
But anyway. Like I said, praise the Lord. That was an attack, and I didn't realize what kind of an Antichrist attack that was until it was all over. But it's right here. Because they did the same thing to Paul. So Paul would get money from other churches. He would have them support him. Because he's like, I'm not going to let the Corinthians, I'm not going to let these men, these false apostles in Corinth, use this against me. So I'll just talk to my other churches, right? I'll just check out there and I'll, 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 I'll just have them support me. And they did. So I've been through this attack. I watched it happen. <laughs> I watched it. I lived it. <laughs> and I'm still here by the grace of God. Better than ever. Praise the Lord. Um, anyway, but, uh, it's, it's funny in some ways it's not, it's sad because that guy's going to hell. He's as lost as a goose in a snowstorm. That guy's going to split hell wide open. I mean, he is going to hell. That guy is a lost, wicked, false, antichrist devil. And he is going to burn in hell for all of eternity. But. Anyway, and, and the one thing that I've learned uh, as from pastoring is if you stay long enough and you keep serving God long enough, it, y- you'll be surprised at how things will come back around, how people will come back around, and you'll just keep be- doing the same thing you always did. And it ain't hard, I ain't hard to find. What am I doing? The same thing I've always done, preaching the word of God. Living for God by the Holy Ghost, by the power of God, serving the Lord. But you see this here, this is an attack. Paul said, I robbed other churches taking wages of them to do your service. Because Paul wouldn't give them anything to boast about because they were trying to use it against him. And he already talked about in in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 how the laborer is worthy of his hire. They said they're, no. But you too could be a vampire and live in a tent in Texas. You too could be that if you wanted to subscribe to that. Great. All right, anyway. um, <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> I'm a little feisty. <laughs> Just a little bit. I'm just just a little bit feisty today. <laughs> All right. But here we go. Let's let's uh he says, but what I do that will I will do that I may cut off. What I do that w- that I will do that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, that wherein they glory they may be found even as
All right, here we go. That's right. That's right, Ross. Punted. Oof. That would almost make me an expert vampire slayer. Almost. Anyway. Verse number 13. See, this is very passionate for me, this topic. Having, having been deceived by, by wicked men and having been, uh, having been betrayed by Judas's, you learn to be very sensitive to that charismatic doctrine. To the subtlety of it. And all of those things. So the Apostle Paul is going into this and he's going he's gonna to explain who these people are. He says here, for such are false apostles. Deceitful workers. They're false. They claim an authority that is not theirs. And they they do so. Many of these people. Many of these people, these false brethren crept in unawares, these false apostles, many of them, they claim an authority that they have no right to claim. They come in and they are counterfeit apostles or counterfeit sent ones. They're counterfeit. But they they walk around like they're just like you and they believe they walked around like they were just like the Apostle Paul or they, they agreed with this doctrine. But they really don't. They walk around, though, as if they agree. And they take this authority for the truth. And of the truth, and act like they represent the truth and they believe it. They are false apostles. False sent ones.
Now, that word apostle, it means sent forth. The term apostle means one who is sent or a messenger. There are three usages of the term apostle in the New Testament. One, apostle refers to the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at Hebrews chapter 3. Well, in a second, one more. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle, capital A, the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Christ is the sent one, the sent one. All other apostles. are subject to the apostle. Understand that. Because he is the ultimate. In anything that Christ does, he is the head of all things. And by him, all things consist. He is before all things, and by him, all things consist. Christ is above all. So because of that, if he's an apostle, he is the apostle. Jesus was sent from God the Father into the world to provide redemption for mankind. Number two, apostle refers to the 12 men who were chosen by Christ to lay the foundation of the church. Luke chapter 6. Verse 13, and when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, of, and of them he chose twelve, whom also he named apostles. There you go. He named them apostles, right? After Judas betrayed the Lord and hung himself, the Eleven remaining apostles selected a man to replace them in Acts 1, 15 through 26. And later we find Paul was one born out of due time, right? Was selected directly by Christ to be an apostle. Then there's a generic sense of the word. Apostles refer to Christian workers in general. 2 Corinthians 8. Place here. Was there any to inquire of Titus? 
He is my partner and fellow helper concerning you of our brethren are being inquired of. They are the messengers of the churches in the glory of Christ. So they are sent ones also. The name is not used there, but they are sent ones also. Acts 14, 14. Which when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of, they rent their clothes and ran in among the people, crying out. The general sense of the word, an apostle, okay? A sent one. Sent of the Lord. But there were marks of the 12 apostles and Paul, of course. They were chosen personally by Christ. Paul was one born out of due time, right? Paul, an apostle, not of men, either by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Paul was chosen. By the Lord. Paul was chosen by Christ. They had seen the resurrected Lord. Acts 22. And he said, the God of our fathers, verse number 14, the God of our fathers hath chosen thee that thou shouldest know his will and see that just one and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. Then That's the Apostle Paul. They had seen the resurrected Lord. They had received their messages by direct revelation from God rather than being taught by men. Acts 22, 14, right? Paul, what he received was from the Lord. Galatians 1, 11 through 12. Paul said, but I certify you, brethren, the gospel which was preached of me is not after man, for I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus came to Paul and taught him everything. Paul learned that Jesus rose from the dead from Jesus. That's where he learned it from. He learned it from the Lord. They had seen the resurrected Lord. They had received their messages by direct revelation from God rather than being taught by men. They could impart spiritual power and gifts to others. This was peculiar to the the 12 apostles and Paul, the apostle of the Gentiles. Acts 8, 17 through 19. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. There you go. There's, that, there's another false apostle, Simon. He wanted the power to do that. He's Simon the sorcerer. He never stopped his witchcraft, never repented of his magic. 
Always had his mojo. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter. In what? In the Holy Ghost and his power. You have neither part nor lot in this matter. But these false brethren crept in unawares, these false apostles, they want that power and authority and recognition. See, let me tell you what I've experienced with people, men like that, when they come into churches. They want people to recognize them. They want authority. They want prestige. They want power. They want influence. They want respect. But many of them didn't go through the things that it took to get there. Paul had thorns in his flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet him. They went through trials of great affliction for God to use them. God used it. They built through and they battled through things to see churches grow and to see things happen and to see disciples come and God to save people and and all those other things, but they don't want it. They want the recognition. They want everything right away. They're men that are driven by opportunity. And they see this Christian life as some kind of mojo. They, they see it like the witches do, because many of them are witches. And they go around to churches and they think, well, maybe this person, maybe I can get some of their power. That's what Simon the sorcerer was doing. Don't you see? Simon the sorcerer, what he was doing was he was like, well, okay, I, you know, I bewitch the people through my witchcrafts. So maybe I can pay and the apostles will teach me how I can do some of that magic. How I can lay hands on people and give them power. Because see, that's how witchcraft works. That's how it works. And they want that power to do that, right? They want to gather that power. Right? Like Kenneth Copeland. He says he's God. I am. I just smile and say, yes, I am too. When I read in the Bible where he says, I am, I just smile and say, yes, I am too. He doesn't even draw a distinction between himself and... Never, never. You never can do that in a covenant relationship. Do you know what else that's settled then tonight? This hue and cry and controversy that has been spawned by the devil to try and bring dissension within the body of Christ that we're gods. I am a little God. Yes. Yes. I have his name. I'm one with him. I'm in covenant relation. I am a little God. Critics, you are anything that he is. When I read in the Bible where he says, I am, I just smile and say, yes, I am too. Yes, I am too. When I read in the Bible, when God said, when Jesus said, I am, I say, I am too. Whoops. Sorry.
book. Reason for creating Adam. God's reason for creating Adam was his desire to reproduce himself. I mean a reproduction of himself. And in the Garden of Eden, he did that. He was not a little like God. He was not almost like God. He was not um, subordinate to God even. And Adam is as much like God as you could get. Just the same as Jesus, when he came into the earth, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He wasn't a lot like God. He's God manifested in the flesh. And I want you to know something. Adam in the Garden of Eden was God manifested in the flesh. That is a lie from the pit of hell. But they want that power. They want men to see them as God. They, that's what, that's the fake authority. That's the false apostles that are crept in, right? These are the false apostles. See, the true apostles, they could impart spiritual gifts because they were sign gifts for a time. There was a purpose for those gifts. There was a necessity for those gifts. Like he said to young Timothy, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So God gave the apostles the power to do that, but it would die out with them. Because they had special signs to authenticate their message. These charismatics want to mimic those signs. They, they want to mimic those signs. They want to use those signs. They want the same power and authority. To do what they do. That's. That's their goal. They believe they're gods. They are false apostles. Crept in unawares. And. That's. The deception, right? That's the deception that is there. The apostles had special signs to authenticate their messages. Uh, 2 Corinthians 12.12. There. Truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs, and wonders, and mighty deeds. See, they were given the signs and the wonders for a reason.
now today anybody can be deceived by or many people I should say are deceived by false doctrine these people just say the name of Jesus and act like they love God and act like they they follow the Lord and people believe them they have all the right words to say for the most part to deceive the masses Jesse Duplantis is one of the most deceptive charismatics I have ever seen. He is very good at deceiving. He's very good at sounding legitimate and making you think that what he's saying is legitimate and real. I'll give you an example here. These are those false apostles. About your book yes. came out, The Hidden Help. Yeah. So you've actually entertained angels. Um, many of them. That you... Oh, yes. And we I realized put, later. No, I, the thing that was amazing, no, I, I've had angels come and I knew them. But the, the one that, that really struck me, you, sh you should never get too busy, you see. And, uh, and I was uh, had to go downtown New Orleans. And, th and this, this is in the book. To make a long story short, this man come up to me. Was, and if you go to New Orleans, it's Mr. B's is my favorite restaurant. Let me get up here a little bit. And uh, I, so uh, I'm short, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and this man said, could you help me? And I said, sir, I'll help you, but I don't have time right now. And, and I mean, I never saw, it looked like it was just hopeless. I said, but listen, I, I'll have, but I just don't have time right now. I said, but, I, but I'll be back. Anyway, I walked around the corner, and Joni, I'm telling you, it wasn't 12 feet. I turned the corner on Royal Street, and I stopped. I went, God, man, I need to go help that man. So I turned around and went back. This is a matter of seconds, and he was gone. And I've never forgotten that. Mm. And God said, never get too busy not to help people. Wow. And, I, and, I, and man, I said. That was it, an important lesson. That was a very, a very important. I've had many of them talk to me and, say, uh, and uh, people say, why are you? I don't know. You know, uh, Brother Kenneth Copeland's a good friend of mine. He said, just to see everything. I mean, <laughs> my God. And it's true in one sense. I, I don't know. You know, the, I, I, I just love the Lord. And uh, I, I, I told the Lord one time, listen, you talk to Abraham. Why can't you talk to me? I love that. You know, I don't know if they can find the picture. So he said, they were, you talk to Abraham. Why can't you talk to me? I'm telling you, his story, what he's saying sounds so believable. And if you don't go to the scriptures, why wouldn't you believe what he's saying? It sounds good. He sounds sincere. He sounds like he loves God. Like he really does. Lane, you remember years ago when we were in Jerusalem and I was taping a show with Perry Stone mm -hmm. on the Palladium outside in front of the city of Jerusalem. And so after that show, one of the production people who did not speak English, Jonathan, he only spoke Hebrew. He was like talking in Hebrew and we had to get the interpreter to come over. And um, he said, did you see him? Did you see him? There it is right there. He's telling me about it. Oh, wow. See that picture? Yes. Sam is right there behind me, my assistant. Uh -huh. He's telling me about it. He saw three angels standing behind us as we were taping the show. And they said they were anywhere from 11 to 12 feet tall. And uh, did you, have you ever seen any angels like that? Oh, yeah. I've seen angels 30 feet tall. Yeah. Wow. When I went to heaven, the seraphims. When, when I went to heaven. I saw the seraphim. When I went, to, like he says that so casually. Jesse! When I, when I went to heaven, he's like, I, I just, when I went to heaven, I, 
Yeah, I saw 30-foot-tall angels. You measured them, huh? Wow, that's good. I don't know how you did that. The six, the six wings, oh, these are some big guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, I say guys, they're just big. Yeah. People don't understand that the spirit world is far bigger than the natural world. Mm-hmm. And they're more interested in seeing us than we are in seeing them. They marvel at us. Mm-hmm. See, wow. and I'm going to tell you why. God says, what is man that thou art mindful of him? The son of man that thou visited him. And the Bible said thou made him a little lower than God. <laughs> That's a, a little lower than the angels. That's a wrong translation. It actually says thou hast made him a little lower than God. Mm. See, so they're amazed. So when God said, let us make man. See, that's a wrong translation. Watch. You hear what he just did? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels. You see what he just did? That's a false prophet. That's a false apostle. He just took an authority to change the words of God. He literally just changed the words of God. That's a false prophet. And you do know we're probably not going to finish this. I don't Maybe. We have 45 minutes. We might finish it. But I'm going to show you some of this video to show you real-time examples of this stuff. He just, yeah, he attacked the deity of Christ. He lied. He said God's word is a mistranslation. He just told you that he, he, he quoted you some Bible and then said he saw a 30-foot angel. And he's very folksy. And you just want to believe him because he sounds like a nice old guy that got saved out of a bad life. You know what Angel said? Mm. What's a man? Made in my image, my likeness. Now watch this. Give them dominion over all the works of my hand. Now let me ask you a question. Are angels the works of God's hand? Yes. They are. Well, that's why angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister to us. Yeah. We're the only species created by God that can sit down in his presence. Yeah. Michael the Archangel got to stand at attention. Gabe, not you. You can sit in heavenly places. So do angels have free will? Yeah. Well, a free will in the sense that, yeah, because of one third chose right. that's Satan. That's thought. Yes. And, but since that time, we haven't heard of any else choosing. Well, they saw what happened. Why would you hear about it? Well, since then, we haven't heard about any others. Oh, uh, honestly, I mean, I hate to break it to you, Slick, but I'm not running around talking to angels. I don't make it my habit to run around and talk to devils and ask them what they're doing. Hey, what are you guys doing? Anybody else fell? I don't, I don't do that. It's like, you're not supposed to do that. How would you know? You're not hanging out in the angelic realm. You're not in the fourth dimension. You're not hanging out there. It's like you're asking Jesse, I, I, why don't you ask what the Bible says? But he, listen, when you're not careful, what he's doing is he's deceiving them.
people that are listening are being deceived. He's already corrected the Bible. Change the word of God. That's what devils do. Devils change the word of God. And that's what he just did. He just changed God's word. What he did. Deceptive, folksy makes you, I'll be honest with you. The guy is absolutely hilarious. I mean, he's funny. He's entertaining. He's absolutely one of the best and most. He he missed his calling as far. He should have been a comedian. And he is one, really. Laughable. If it didn't deceive so many people into into hell. Well, you know, I um, I interviewed an international airline pilot that died Mm -hmm. for nine hours and went to heaven, came back. Mm -hmm. And he met his guardian angel Mm -hmm. and he asked the question, when did you become my guardian angel? And the angel said at conception. Mm -hmm. I believe that. At conception. Oh, yeah. Right. So now he's going to tell you what he saw. He's not going to tell you what the word of God says. But he's going to be a false apostle. And he's going to speak with authority. Right? Let me tell you something about God. Every time he breathes, life takes place. When he breathes in the atom, he breathes in his nostrils, not in his mouth. Right. That's CPR. He wasn't trying to get his heart to beat. Mm-hmm. He breathed in his nostrils. He became a living spirit. And immediately you are assigned a guardian angel. And I personally believe that my guardian angel has asked for reassignment several times. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, before I was saying, oh, God. I mean, he's protecting me. And I've had the Lord tell me uh, the devil will try to kill you three, t- three times this year. And I've been down on three airplane crashes. And let me tell you something. A Baptist is speaking tongues when you're going down. on <laughs> You got nobody fighting you on a doctrine. And that's why I bought my own plane. I said, wait a minute. I got to make sure that something is safe here. But I've had them put their hand on my shoulder. And, wow. uh, but not only that, devils. Spirit- so he's had angels put, it, put their hands on his shoulders. Tell them you're going to die. Come talk to you. Okay. When did he say anything about, thus saith the Lord with the scripture? See, he mixes it in. He mixes it in. Right? Speaking of tongues, you got to hear this.
So, since Brother Jimmy is no longer with us, is there anybody else who has the gift of interpreting the tongues in which we're all going to speak today? Anybody? Oh, goodness, that was frightening. Oh, hello. Who might you be? Why, we're the members of Wickersham Apostolic Church, and you are? Isn't it obvious, Preacher Jeff? He's a golden angel from heaven! Oh, I'm afraid that's not quite true. My name is C-3PO. I am a service droid from another galaxy, programmed to interact with and assist various organic life forms such as yourselves. Assist us? Yes, that's right. Is there anything with which you need assistance? Well, yes, actually. We're trying to get an old-timey revival going where a number of us are going to speak in tongues, but our translator called in sick with an unexpected case of Lutheranism. Is there any chance the Holy Spirit has bestowed upon you the supernatural gift of interpretation? I'm afraid that I possess no divinely given abilities. However, I was programmed to be fluent in over six million forms of communication, including all the languages of your planet, so I believe I could be of service as a translator. Hey, you guys hear that? That's great. Yeah, really great. Well, let's get this thing going. All right. Anybody feeling the spirit? Anybody have a word from the Lord you just gotta share with us? I'm feeling it. Shlaba have a tween bing doogie alba bingo. Okay, Brother 3PO, what did Sister Jane say? Um, nothing. What? Yeah, what are you talking about? I said a bunch of stuff. <laughs> well, you did make sounds, but I'm afraid those sounds were just randomly assembled bits of gibberish and don't belong to any actual language. Really? You sure that wasn't Russian or something? Quite certain, I'm afraid. Well, I'm really feeling the spirit. Let me try something. That felt like Hebrew. That was Hebrew, right? No, just Middle Eastern sounding gibberish. French sounding gibberish. Probio, Mavia, Pasta Primavera. That was half gibberish, half just listing menu items from an Italian restaurant. Yo tengo tres bigotes in mis piscinas. Hey, that was Spanish, right? Yes. You just said, I have three mustaches in my swimming pools. Did the Holy Spirit directly reveal to you that you have three mustaches in your swimming pools, or did you just subconsciously shout out the only words you remember from Senorita Van Meter's fifth period Spanish class your freshman year of high school? Seventh period, actually. Look, my new friends, as much as you all want to believe it, I'm afraid it's clear that the Holy Spirit isn't actually causing you to speak in legitimate foreign languages as he did to the apostles on the day of Pentecost. Well, the Lord is obviously speaking through us somehow. In fact, I believe we're speaking in some kind of supernatural prayer language, like how St. Paul talks about speaking in the tongue of angels. You speak angel? Well, no, but... Well, then, rest assured, my Pentecostal friends, that must be what's going on. I do hate to be rude, sir, but when St. Paul references the tongue of angels in 1 Corinthians 14, he's not saying that the Holy Spirit actually grants certain men the ability to speak the official language of heaven. Rather, he's making a rhetorical point. To people who think that speaking in tongues makes them better Christians, he's saying, even if I speak in the most super-duper heavenly of tongues, if I think I'm holier than other people, I'm actually proving myself to be a spiritually infantile, self-righteous sinner. Well, all right. So, in the end, the Bible only actually describes God giving men one kind of miraculous tongue speaking, that of speaking in actual languages, which we've just established that you're not doing, and which we'll establish in a future video no one is actually doing today. And if I may be so bold, inventing a new way that God is speaking through you after it's just been shown that God wasn't actually speaking through you the way you first claimed he was is not substantially different from when the Jehovah's Witnesses kept changing the meaning of their end-of-the-world predictions after they failed to come true. In other words, it's an unsuccessful attempt to cover up your blatant false prophecy. Oh, yeah? Well, how about this? Hey, that sounded like something. That was Latin. Well, all right, it looks like you were wrong, metal man. Backwards, Latin. 
What? You just said Satan is my homeboy in Latin. Backwards. Which I think means you have a demon. I do not have a demon. <laughs> you probably have a demon. I do not have a demon. Pretty sure you have a demon. We do not have a demon. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure you got a demon there, Daryl. Does anybody have a word from the Lord to share with us this week? I do. Go right ahead, Brother George. We some people gonna praise him, the Lordy? Hey, 3PO, was that Gungan? <laughs> no. Pretty sure that was Gungan. There are no Gungans. They don't exist. The prequels never happened. Midi-chlorians are stu- <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you have a demon. <laughs> Carl, how could you not think that was funny? That was hilarious. I just want to hear this woman say that one more time because that was hilarious. That woman yeah, that was... Oh, goodness, that was frightening. Oh, hello. Who might you be? Why, we're the angel from heaven. Oh, from another galaxy, Prince. Well, yes, actually. We're trying to get an old-timey revival going where a number of us are going to speak in tongues, but our translator called in... I just have to hear this woman say this again because it is so funny. Unexpected case of Lutheranism. Is there any chance the Holy Spirit has bestowed upon you the super million forms of communication, including... Hear that? That's great. Yeah, really great. Well, let's get this thing going. All right. Anybody feeling the spirit? Anybody have a word from the Lord you just gotta share with us? I'm feeling it. Shlubba have a tween bing doogie alba bingo. Okay, but... <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is this is what they I'm sorry. All right, well, hold on. I gotta do that one more time. Yeah, that, that's great. Yeah, really great. Well, let's get this thing going. <laughs> All right. Anybody feeling the spirit? Anybody have a word from the Lord you just gotta share with us? I'm feeling it. Shlubba have a tween bing doogie alba bingo. Okay, bro. <laughs> oh. I can't. Carl, not even you can ruin this. This is hilarious. If you don't find this funny. <laughs> You're just, you're, you're just an old dude, all right? <laughs> oh, that, that was good, man. That, <laughs> oh, uh, that's what, <laughs> oh, you, you gotta understand, I, Oh, I'm looking for.
That's just what they sound like, man. Oh, I'm telling you, it's funny. It is hilarious, man. I can't help it. It's hilarious. Oh. Reminds me of this. carried her over to my car and set her down. She was screaming. And when I went over to her, I, I didn't know exactly what happened. They said uh, the car ran over her foot. Well, I just picked up her foot and put it in my hand. I said, Uncle Shadla Makasa, in the name of Jesus, you be made whole by the power of God. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost, folks. Now, I don't know Holy buckets. They begin to speak with other tongues and darling don't you think that's not unusual that is an unusual response I, when it happened to me oh mercy i was in a church everybody was talking in tongues they had fluent tongues oh they were and all i had inside of me was one little word floating around pookie poo pookie poo and i thought god if i say pookie poo i'll be destroyed it'll be the end of my life if i end this Everybody say, come on, man, turn it loose. Come on, you can do it. And I'm thinking, pookie-poo, I can't say that. And finally, I just said, a pookie-poo, he's got it, he's got it. And I mean, the whole crowd went wild. All I said, but it was very unusual response. And with that unusual response, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. Sure I did. was not, it wasn't in the Bible anymore. It was walking around the church. It's pookie-poo, pookie-poo, pookie-poo. I was just going like Draw a little closer. Put your hands out toward your television screen. Put your hands on mine. When I read in the Bible where he says, I am, I just smile and say, yes, I am too. Amen. That we're gods. I am a little God. Yes. Yes. I have his name. I'm one with him. I'm in covenant relationship. I am a little God. If your engine is not revving up, you know what you need? You need a Holy Ghost enema right up your rear end. What other people think? No, uh huh. Doesn't matter what they think. Oh, Okay. Anyway, okay, so what you see is our deceitful workers. Right? That's that's who they are. That's what they do. Uh they take on an authority. They are false apostles. Take for instance this doctrine. Who's the, big, who's the biggest failure in Watch this. Who is the big who's the biggest failure in the Bible? God is. What you said? <laughs> you know everybody asks you say who's the biggest failure? They say Judas. Somebody else will say, No, I believe it's Adam. Well, how about the devil? He's the most consistent failure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but he's not the biggest in terms of material failure and so forth. 
biggest one in the whole Bible is God. Oh, what, what, what? Don't you turn that set off. You listen to I told you now, you sit still a minute. You know me well enough. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell something I can't prove in the Bible. He lost his top-ranking, most anointed angel, the first man he ever created, first woman he ever created, the whole earth and all the fullness therein, a third of the angels at least. That's a big loss, man. I mean, you figure all that. That's a lot of real estate, brother. Gone down the drain. Now, the reason you don't think of God as a failure is he never said he's a failure. <laughs> and you're not a failure till you say you're one. None of that made sense. Yes, I know, Carl. It's right here. Agents have been in and out of Betty Hinn's office for hours today. It is a pretty non Francis, did he deny Jesus? Did he say that? Yeah, he's an antichrist. But anyway, uh, it Francis said the same thing, that Christ was the biggest failure. That Jesus was a failure. Right? So these people, what do they do? They take an authority. A false authority. An apostle has authority. Just like the Pope. He takes an authority. He calls himself an apostle. And he takes authority. Right? Spiritual wickedness, spiritual rulers, you know. I mean, they want uh, the they they want us so bad. I'm talking about the spectre of the devils because that's the only way they can hurt God. Right. You know, Jesse, I want to keep talking about your book, but would you tell us just a little bit of your testimony for people watching that may not know what God did for you years ago? You mean it, the so he's not talking about heaven there. He's talking about uh, uh, his his supposed. I don't even believe the man is saved. I don't believe he's a Christian, but his his deceit is so powerful. I'm telling you, I listened to this, Our Hidden Help. I listened to this one night, and it is so deceptive. It's such a mixture. It is such a mixture of truth versus error. Right? Such an absolute mixture of it. Of some little bits of truth. And coupled with an astronomical amount of error. Or even a little bit of error at times. Sometimes it's just a little bit of error. But what are they? They're false apostles. The apostles wrote scripture, right? They penned it. They wrote scripture. Second Peter 3, 15 through 16. Who the apostles, the biblical apostles were. Second Peter. An account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. As also in all his epistles, 
speaking in them of things in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unable rest. Unstable, excuse me, unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures under their own destruction. These are the holy scriptures. These men speak and teach as if they are the holy scriptures. Right? And their experiences are the holy scriptures. So Jesse runs him through a prayer here. Says, oh, what Billy said. He said the day he got saved, he saw Billy Graham on TV. And he said, oh, what Billy said. And then he was saved. Welcome to the family. Amen. I mean, it's on earth as it is in. Your actions are going to tell. There's something different. I never had a face, and I need it. Look, see, it's pretty, it's pretty loose. <laughs> it's loose, but I don't care. It don't make a difference to me. You but look great, Jesse. Thank you. But when I come off, yeah. that anointing is just so powerful. Yeah. It'll just, it'll brighten your day. I love it. Will it will do it. It will do it every time. I love it. I love it. Call us right now and let us know. Say, I prayed the prayer. You don't I like prayed it the prayer. And try it again. It's better the second time around. And I'm going to taste something. And they would want me to drink. And I said, but you see, they hidden. Because it's amazing when you see him, you, it, you, just, you can't get over the holiness of an angel and the magnitude of who they are. So I said, you know, I've had many encounters with angels. I think people need to know these things. Now, you know, you've heard about Michael and Gabriel mm -hmm. and Lucifer. You ever heard of Metatron? Oh, most people don't know. That's a Jehovah angel. See, if you go see with Moses, the Bible said the angel of the Lord. So he says... Jesse says that Metatron, not Megatron, Metatron visited him. Okay, Jesse says that Metatron visited him. Right? I think it's interesting to note that Carlos Santana, <coughs> excuse me, said the same thing. Now, the scriptures don't mention Metatron. They don't talk about Metatron at all. The scriptures don't say anything about Metatron. But look. He said, I don't know what's going on here. We all know that Carlos Santana was in some stuff back in the day. He used to eat copious amounts of psychedelics and meditate. But Santana also is running around with John McLaughlin trying to assure the world that the guru Sri uh, Chimnoy was, in fact, God. Let me introduce you to Santana's homeboy, the angel Metatron. This is uh, not the Transformer, yeah. This is... Uh, Looks like an ascended master, right? Uh, so apparently one time during his meditations in 1994, Santana was taken over by a transcendental spirit. Yes. He was made to grab a yellow legal pad and start automatic writing whatever he was channeling from this being. Yeah. Turns out this was a new age character named the Archangel Metatron. 
who can heal you with his love through transmissions of the spiritual radio. Metatron told Santana, explicitly, you will be inside the radio frequency for the purpose of connecting the molecules with the light. And Jesse, Jesse, good old grandpa Jesse. Then Yahweh comes. You see, and there's so many, you know, he's got over 70 names. Yeah. God, see, so many different things. So I decided I need to write this book and tell them all the different experiences that I have had with angels. And people say, why are you? Well, I don't know. I'm no better than anybody else. I, I just, I guess I needed them. And if we needed them in Jesus' day, we need them today. Yeah, the ministering spirit sent forth the minister. Well, tell so, us some more stories. Uh, you mean about my personal encounters? One time I, I finished preaching, and this is before I had a plane, and I had to, it was, I'm not used to cold, cold. You know, I'm a southern boy. You know what I'm saying? Me but too, I had Jesse. to drive. So, and it was. Sorry about the music. I was looking for something, but ah, it's going to be in his book. I don't want to go through. Uh, anyway, let's see. But here, anyway, we'll we'll we can look at those. Later. Not a big deal. I don't want to blast you with that. Anyway, Metatron, right? The Kabbalah. I, I, you know, Carlos Santana, I almost think that I covered this in my rock sermon. Uh, I did not know that Jesse, that I remember, talked about Metatron. But I, maybe I did and I covered, I forget easy. Snow and ice like crazy. And I had to go from Crossett, Arkansas, I think is the name of that place, to Monroe, Louisiana to catch Republic Airlines. Make a long story short. I'm driving, but I put the other two wheels on the ice. So Jesse tells that an angel went and seen him, but he says in another place that Metatron came to visit him and talk to him. I believe it, it's the same angel he said he saw. I, I listened to it in something. I don't remember where. But the point is, is here's what you have. You have a man that is claiming authority taking the Bible, he's not really preaching the Bible, he's taking the Bible, making a few scriptural references, and then giving you his experience. He's not giving you what the scriptures say, but he's speaking with authority as a false apostle. He talks about angelic visitation. And he's had a lot of them. When he took his little trip to heaven, he said, uh, he talks about his trip to heaven. We've went over that a couple times. When he talks about that, he talks about uh, the angel that saw him up there was the same one that saw him down on earth, right? Jesse says that he can discern between good spirits and bad spirits. But he talks about these spiritual visitations. So a good question to ask, this is from Way of Life Encyclopedia. Are there apostles in the special sense today? For the following reasons, we know there are not apostles today. In the same sense as the 12 chosen by Christ in the early churches 
Number one, no one today qualifies to be such an apostle. We have seen the qualifications from the scriptures, and no Christian today can meet those qualifications. Number two, there were only 12 of them, and their office, apart from the exception of Judas, was never passed on to others at their death. We see that all through the Bible. When Judas committed suicide after betraying Jesus, the 11 remaining apostles chose a replacement, bringing the number again to 12. This reveals their understanding of the significance of that exact number. Later, Paul was called by the Lord to be an apostle to the Gentiles, 1 Corinthians 15. One apostle to the Gentiles. First Corinthians 15. Let's see. Let me back. Seven through. Okay, he says, In that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve, and after that he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also, as one born as of one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, that I am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God is with me. So we have that there, okay? We have Paul being the last apostle. And, and it is possible that it was then that the matter of the replacement of Judas was settled from God's viewpoint for all of eternity, which I believe it's, I believe Gentiles were. Uh, so I don't agree with that statement. But anyway, the first, number three, the first apostles were called to lay the foundation of the church. 20. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. The foundation has been firmly laid, and those men which with their special authority, calling, and sign gifts have passed off the scene. Number four. No New Testament passage instructs churches to select or ordain apostles. It only says pastors and deacons are to be ordained. When Judas died, the remaining 11 chose a replacement. But observe first that this was done in the fulfillment of prophecy. Acts 1.20. They, they are stating that they fulfilled prophecy. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate and let no man dwell therein. And his bishopric let another take. Okay. But observe first, this was done in the fulfillment of prophecy. Second, the standard used to select a replacement for Judas proves that the office of the apostle could not continue beyond the first century. Standard required that the apostle had been with Jesus during his earthly ministry. Okay? Now, 
we are not going to get through this chapter. We're just going to get to the false apostles there. We could have talked about, uh, well, actually, we can. Other one. In the Bible, we read that the sick and the oppressed came to Jesus and he healed and freed them all. God wants to heal and deliver his people and he is restoring his power to the body of Christ now. Revival has begun. I have seen God heal and deliver thousands of people in many nations around the world. I've seen many people receive impartation and are now casting out demons and healing the sick by God's power. The Bible says that these signs shall follow those who believe. They will cast out demons. They will lay hands on the sick. God doesn't want to just use a handful of people in the anointing, but he wants you to walk in his power, to pray for the sick and the oppressed and see God use you to heal and deliver them. In my book, The Secret of the Anointing, I have shared the secrets, the revelation from God of how to access his power to walk in miracles. Really? So there's a secret. It's a secret to do it. The secrets of the anointing. Da, da, da. Secrets of the anointing. It's kind of like uh quest for the Ark of the Covenant. Or, you know, secret. What is the secret? Well, the secret's the Antichrist. It's a mystery. Mystery of the anointing. Well, number one, how do I know she's not an apostle? Because there was never a female apostle in the Bible. Number one. Number two, God told them to shut up. Keep your mouth shut. That it's a shame for you to speak in the church. There were not women speaking in tongues in the church. They were commanded not to speak in tongues in the church. There were not women that, that God was using in that way for signs and wonders. You will learn how to be a vessel whom God can trust so he can pour the anointing in your life. You will also learn how to adequately walk in the power of God to really see demons leave people, the sick be healed, and miracles happen. I believe your spiritual eyes will open up as you read this book. You will be transformed more into the image of God and you will receive impartation of anointing through the pages. It's Do you get this false apostle is she's going to impart something to you your book. She's going to impart something to you. You will receive impartation. Right? Right? You're going to receive that. That reminds me of this lady. The most impartation that you've ever believed for right now. Impartation. You're to each other. So you're going to take it. You're going to put it on somebody else's head. A watch. And then say, more, Lord. More, Lord. Everybody, place 
place that anointing, that crown, that gift upon someone else's head. <laughs> Keep praying. Every single one of you, impartation, legacy, 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 legacy. Impartation, legacy, 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 impartation, legacy, legacy, impartation. Legacy, legacy. Yes, okay. Oh, at here's where that hoe is. It's time to be an anointed vessel of God. She dresses like a straight up slut too, like a straight up hoe, like a streetwalker. That's how that that's how that thing dresses, like a straight up streetwalker. That apostle Catherine Crick, right? It does remind me of this though. Really great. Well, let's get this thing going. All right. Anybody feeling the spirit? Anybody have a word from the Lord you just gotta share with us? I'm feeling it. Shlaba have a tween bing doogie alba bingo. Okay, Brother 3 PO. what did Sister J? <laughs> okay, anyway. Ah, okay. All right, so there you go. There you have it. We are out of time, too. I'm gonna play a song, not this one, though. Not double oven. I won't play that one, but let's, let's play a song here and uh, give you a chance to say hello. And we will continue this study on Monday. Amen. Uh, we'll just keep going. Uh, because we're not done yet. We haven't even got to the deceitful workers yet. We're get we've, we've talked about the apostle, the false apostles. Now we're going to get to the next thing we're going to get to is deceitful workers.
everybody god bless you and hope you have a good weekend here and uh we'll be uh back on live on sunday morning anyway sunday morning uh on rumble and on sermon audio if you want to catch the sunday morning message i'll be preaching back on wisdom again in proverbs and we'll be talking about wisdom's sermon and uh wisdom's preaching to us and as we deal with that and then in the afternoon uh, I'll be preaching in the afternoon on, uh, we'll continue with uh, Islam and Baptist history. We have one more lesson in the Islam and Baptist history and the uh, kind of dealing with some of that. And after that, uh, praise the Lord. So we'll be back at Lord willing on Monday. So you pray for us. And we've got a lot of evangelism coming up. Uh, ne- the th- next three weekends, we'll be preaching. Okay, so you pray for us. All right, and um, hey, praise the Lord, brother, brother Ross. It's good to have you on here. Hope your family's doing well. Give them my love and <clears throat> let them know that we um, pray for you. My children pray for you. I don't, I don't know if you know that, but my children they remember your family in prayer, and they they think about you as well. And uh, and the brothers over there preaching in Scotland, they mentioned that. And anyway, so so you know there's folks praying for you all over the world. That's a blessing, isn't it? All right. Uh, if you'd like to give to our ministry, you may do so. You can go to oldpassbaptistchurch.org and click on the Donate button right there, and it'll take you to PayPal. And uh, and you can, you can donate there, salvationpreacher at gmail.com. Salvationpreacher at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to, or you can go to PayPal directly in Salvation, um, or you can go to Apple Pay, Venmo, Cash App, <clears throat> cryptocurrency, Coinbase account. I have a Coinbase account, and all that stuff. Anyway, so many different ways. Uh, it's on our website there. If you go to Sermon Audio, if you want to mail something to us, you can mail it to the address below. It is 1030 South Highway 3, Northfield, Minnesota, 55057. So any any of those ways uh and if you can't then pray and ask god to speak to somebody else's heart that is able to okay uh but uh either way that's okay you keep listening and you pray for us and we 
All right, everybody. God bless you. You have a good night. We'll uh, talk to you later on in the or next week.